Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted, Season 3, Episode Number 7. I am your co-host, John McTravick, joined by my other co-host... Alex Katzoff. Alex, uh, good to talk to you. Back at it again for another week. We're uh, a little little uh, late, a day late, because I've had some uh, baby issues, but uh, we're going to keep on soldiering on. Uh, but no more chit-chat or small talk. Let's get right to it. Uh, how did your week go? What was your overall record for the week? Gosh, you know, I don't like what happened last week when you noticed a trend in my winning streak going from 3-0 and to 2-1 and and 1-2, and and I, I thought... This would really Oh no. I know this would really help me figure out how I'm going to do next week if I go 3 and 0 again. I'm going to feel good about it and it was just trend doesn't matter, but I went 1 and 2. So, I'm thinking next week I go 2 and 1 just to go back up my little roller coaster ride of emotions. Uh, I should have gone 2 and 1, but I didn't put in Philip Rivers, but we'll talk about that a little later. Oof. Well, yeah, so hopefully you're hoping this is your bottoming out, and then you started uh, at the top, came down, now you're in your uh, trough of sorrow, and then you'll bounce back and head back all the way up to 3-0 and in two weeks. Yep, and I should have, but, you know, I made some simple mistakes. I didn't listen to my own advice. I didn't trust myself. See, that happens. I, I, I know it's always about, like, outthinking your own self more than anything. you got to sometimes just go with your gut or, or stick with what you know. You know, not to name drop, but uh, there was an analyst that, you know, kind of suggested I choose Daniel Jones over Philip Rivers. Uh, so I'm not going to listen to that person anymore. I usually don't. Uh, I just I couldn't decide on the quarterback, and I chose Daniel Jones. I mean, yeah, I'm sure this guy doesn't work for a huge sports network or anything like that. Yeah. No, no it's probably just some some guy off the street that you should never have listened to that guy. Four letters and then a plus mark. Anyway. Let's uh, bury that one and move on. Uh, Moving on to next week. So uh, then my record for the week, I was, uh, I'm on the upward trend here, friend. I am uh, two and one again, although with an asterisk, I should have been three and oh this week. I missed that last game by less than a point of winning. Uh, and a couple reasons for that. I had uh, Trubesky starting as quarterback. And he was he got out. Hurt. Yep. He got me, I think, 0.36 points by the time he got hurt. And I then had Alvin Kamara uh, playing uh, Sunday night and did not have a great game, but I was watching the end and I was just like, all I need you to break off is just 10 more yards. And they are marching down the field. And then Lamar Jackson gets friggin', uh, he gets just sacked all the way back to the 50 yard line uh, on one of the last plays of that drive and just put them out of field goal range. No chance for the first. It was just awful. I get it, man. That's uh, Cooper Cup has beaten me two weeks in a row uh, where I should have won. I thought I was going to win, and then he gets 20-something points and just puts me to shame. He's done it two weeks now. He seems to be the, the wide receiver to have drafted, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I uh, on the side note of Cooper Cup, I traded him away in my dynasty league for a first round pick because I was just like he was my third round. He was kind of like my third wide receiver. But well, here's my philosophy on him: he has not made it to the playoffs yet. So that philosophy, you should trade him. He's good for the season, but when we get down to it, he doesn't make it all the way to fifteen and sixteen. So 
And they also spread it around a lot uh, in LA on the Rams there. So it's not every week in and week out is he going to put up, he puts up 20 plus points. There's a lot of times where he's only throwing up seven or eight points because they spread around. So Robert Woods, running backs, whoever else they got on that team that uh, they, they like to throw to. I hear you. But anyway, uh, so then who were some of your top performers for the week? I had, I had Nick Chubb be my, my workhorse of the week. You know, I don't expect it every week and, and I had Eckler in there get me a bunch of points. And he, you know what? Devontae Adams, I'm going to give him some credit. He has not done me right until week four. Um, and he didn't. He still hasn't gotten a touchdown for me. So we're still waiting for that. What, what league was Chubb in for you? Uh, was it your uh, one-pointers or was it our L.A. Locals League? Or what's your third it's league? Our, it's our Locals League. Uh, this, is, this is our – he was my second-round draft pick. Three touchdowns. Cool. Yeah, he did me right. Very nice. Uh, and so did you win the league that we're in together, our L.A. Locals League? I don't even know if you could consider it a win. I blew out the opponent. I, at no point was I ever trailing from Thursday to Monday. It wasn't even it wasn't even fun. You know, it just I, now I see because from week to week, people have been having to put up 150, 140. They've had been having to come up to my level every single week. And they've been close within two points every single week. And this week I won by 60 points and I mean, it felt good. I'm not going to lie. It was nice to move on to my other leagues. And the other thing is with that, it was kind of the clash of the Titans. Cause didn't you play the, uh, the number one seed in our league, Frankie, I, you know, from week to week, I don't pay attention to that. You know, he's, you know, he's fine. You call him the number one seed just cause he had beaten three other people. Well, he had the best record. He had the best record. So that's what my point is. You, you were not, he was number one. You were number two. It's an early season clash of the Titans. Yeah, I but suppose. he has been putting up major points though the past three weeks leading up to here. Well, he was asleep this week, and it felt good. Ooh, sleep at the wheel for sure. So I, I do remember taking a look at your score. And yeah, it was never in doubt for you. Uh, with me, I uh, needed a lot of help, and I got it. I played Sam, and he had three Dallas Cowboys playing Sunday night. And he needed something like 40 points between Dak, uh, Cooper, and, um, and Zeke. Zeke. Yep. And he got probably 15. No, he probably got about 25 points between the three of them. Yeah, they did not play well against uh, New, uh, New Orleans. It was beautiful. On both sides, of Dallas just played terrible. And then all three of those guys came up short. And I ended up winning by like 10 points. So it was uh, a nice, good win. I mean... I'm not putting up bonanza points, but each week I'm playing somebody, um, I'm hitting them, you know, I'm getting them at the right time. So we'll see how far that goes. I feel like these podcasts are helping you out a lot. Um, for me, some of my top performers were Mike Evans was in my work league. Nothing big, just a solid best performance. McCoy in our league, the LA Locals, uh, another solid performance in my flex spot again. And in my dynasty league, Austin Hooper, a tight end for the Falcons, seems to really start to be coming on in his third season now, I think. So he's been putting up some uh, good points for me each week. So any other big surprises this week? Yeah, let's talk about some surprises. I, um, I have a certain strategy that I like to use that doesn't always work out. And it's I'll choose a wide receiver to your quarterback just in case your quarterback goes off and it gives me usually like a one in three chance of it being my wide receiver that goes off with that person to kind of balance it out. But in this week I chose Hardman and he gave me negative 0.1 points. So yeah. Who was his quarterback? I was uh, Pat Mahomes. So without uh, Tyreek Hill 
and I don't really trust Sammy Watkins from week to week. I figured he would get some looks, and he did. I watched the game. He got some targets that he could have made the most of, but essentially inside the dome, Pat Mahomes struggled early, so his him and his uh, wide receivers were not on the same page with the turf. Yeah, I think he ended his uh, consecutive tight end uh, touchdown streak, uh, which was at a crazy number. I can't remember what it was, but I know that came to an end. So no touchdowns for Pat Mahomes, and that means no touchdowns for wide receivers on the uh, on KC either this week. So we've talked about that in the past about uh, syncing up the uh, wide receivers with the quarterbacks. I'm actually not a big fan of that strategy, but. Sometimes you, you got to go with your gut. So you went with your gut and your gut. Uh... I went with my gut and it was wrong. And if I had chosen Robert Woods, let's say, I would have had 23 points or 25 points uh, instead. All right. Well, see, I, 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 we'll get to them again later on, some uh, sit or start debates, because this, this is where it starts to get tough, uh, getting into this part of the season with the buys coming up. So uh, anything else uh, throughout your week that you had with the surprises? Well, I've got some surprises with one of my wide receivers that uh, I don't really know what to do with him going forward. Okay, let's hold on. Well, then let's get to that. Well, I I actually want to go over that. I think that's a good thing to talk about in our strategy talk. So let's hold that thought. Um, So let's just recap. How did your waiver wire go this past week, specifically in our league? But if you had any other good pickups in your other three, other two leagues as well. We had somebody spend $40 on Gallman Jr., and I was nowhere near valuing him that high. Um, he did put up 24 points, which is a lot of points for a RB2 on a team that has a new quarterback, and Sterling Shepard is the leading wide receiver now for them. It's You know, it's just a different offense, so you don't expect a lot from him, but apparently the offense went through him. Yeah, that was something we talked about, and I was not going to put any money on him. I wasn't even going to make a waiver wire claim on him, and I was not expecting that kind of performance anywhere near it, and he proved me wrong. Now, let's see how he does going forward. Can he still get those kind of points week to week and uh, help out uh, in the absence of uh, Shaquan Barkley? We'll see. But yeah, $40. I think uh, somebody pointed out that James has like, $15. $29. He's got no money left, essentially. For the rest of the season. My God. Talk about a panic move. Panic, panic, panic. So what was the next highest bid on that? Do you remember? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, It was uh, $20 from Albie. And then I bid $14. See, so you two were were within range. You were within range. Like, that's a respectable bet. But, man, $40. James was, like, making sure there was no doubt that he was picking him up, though. That's what that kind of move said. And oddly enough, he didn't even need him. I think he won by enough points to where he could have put anybody there and he still would have won. Yeah, but we'll see. I, I've never even heard of the guy. So, I, I, I mean, I feel like this is like a no game tape kind of uh, situation. And now that there's some tape on him, he won't have another week like that. But prove me wrong, James. Prove me wrong. Um, okay, so was there any other uh, tough decisions then this week that you had that didn't did or did not pan out uh, for sit stardom? Yeah, I mean, I told you about the Phillip Rivers and the uh... – the Daniel Jones choice, I should have put in Robert Woods over Hardman, but that goes back to my own strategy of trying to balancing out the quarterback. Um, I have another league where there's nothing I could have done differently. I did everything I could have, but, you know, Cooper Cup and the Seattle defense just put me to shame. Yeah, and this week, I, I talking about defenses, I ended up picking up Washington's D, actually for <laughs> because they're going to play Miami in two more weeks. 
and they actually ended up putting up a really solid game for me, even though they got cooked. Uh, so I was pretty surprised by that because I dropped Dallas's D. And then I re-picked up uh, Ronald Jones uh, on Tampa Bay's running back for like $4, who I dropped the week before because I needed room on my roster and was praying that nobody else would. And he's had another solid week, two weeks in a row, that he's had, I think, like 14-plus points, and he's on the upward swing. I uh, had him on my bench, but I was pretty happy to pick him back up and that he's starting to do well. Other tough choice was I, I didn't have any. I, I sat Matt Collins. I put McCoy in. I rode that horse. Um, and in my dynasty league, I have Corey Davis who went off on the bench for like, I think 20 points, 17 points, something like that. But again, I've been sitting that guy on the bench cause he hasn't done nothing for me. And I put, oh, I put Chark in Chark Jr. on Jacksonville finally. Uh, and he didn't have any big game, but so that's I, the thing. He got you six points. The reason he didn't have a big game is cause he finally didn't get a quarterback, uh, a touchdown. Um, and essentially, he still got the targets. He still had eight targets. Uh, so 44 yards. Again, you're just missing that touchdown to kind of tell you who he is. This is what I'm saying. So you now see his floor and his ceiling because he's going to get the targets. He's going to get about 40 yards. The question is, does he get the touchdown or does he get more yards as well? So you've, you've now got kind of a better range for this guy, which I really like as like a, fr- a waiver wire uh, uh, wide receiver to kind of know where you stand with him. I feel like you can continue to play him, especially now that he's going to trend towards getting a touchdown since he didn't last week. Yeah, I, I agree. The The good thing, like you just said, is that he's still getting the looks. So I, he already seems to be that uh, new quarterback down there in Jacksonville's kind of favorite target. So he, I like that quarterback too. I mean, I've seen a lot of clips on him sort of avoiding the sack and, and getting the ball out of his hands. And I mean, he's got the swagger of Aaron Rodgers and, also, the porn stash of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel bad for Nick Foles. Like, whenever he goes somewhere, it just things don't work out well for him. You know, there's been a couple of quarterbacks that just are backup quarterbacks. That's just who they are. They just have to accept it. Um, I feel like there was a Flynn. Uh, Matt Flynn, I think, is another one of those that everywhere he went, he was just the backup quarterback. Well, we'll see how it goes, but uh, I agree with all with your assessment of Chark there. Um, so that is all I have then for this week for our weekly recap. So let's move on and get into just some uh, quick fantasy talk. So uh, one of the questions I wanted to talk to you about this week is, do you have any NFL loyalties and does that affect your fantasy strategy week in and week out, starting with the draft and then you know, the waiver wire pickups and who you will or will not have on your team. You know, luckily I was gifted with not really growing up with an NFL team. So I don't really have that sort of Homer feeling when it comes to um, NFL teams. I mean, I love the Rams. I like Todd Gurley because he's from Georgia. Uh, That sits close to my heart. So I do enjoy picking up Rams players because I enjoy watching Rams games. But for me, I'm an Alabama fan. I love college football. It really helps me pick up those new players that people haven't heard of yet, you know, really know kind of which defenses are going to have better DBs because again, they've been drafted by Alabama. Um, uh, They've drafted Alabama players. And so it kind of helps me out that way. So I don't use the Homer mentality a lot. And and I don't think you should, you know, like if you're going to watch all the games, you might as well pick the best players instead of the players that are on your team. Well, does your college loyalties affect who you would or would not pick up? I know it affects who you would in the sense of you'll pick up Alabama, but would you not pick up certain guys because they're from Alabama rivals? Uh, you know, I've, I've never had Cam Newton as my quarterback, and he was an Auburn uh, national champion. 
So, I mean, yeah, the, that's that's the one, the one example of, of the exception not being the rule. Uh, that's it, though. He, that's the, but so so it, if Shaquan Barkley was an Auburn alum, would you not draft him? It, you know, it depends. There's still a lot of hurt uh, from an Alabama fan towards Cam Newton with uh, how badly he he beat us. Uh, so it's tough to say. I, I don't think I would have this, you know, like I would have drafted Cadillac Williams back in the day. You know, I, I would do that. I think I even have uh, an Auburn running back right now, a backup Auburn running back on my bench. So uh, they would have had to have been really, really good. But again, I have Deshaun Watson, who is a Clemson quarterback who has beaten Alabama. So uh, not really. Cam Newton's just the specialty. Yeah, and I, I don't agree with uh, most of that where – I will draft who I think is the best player at those positions. And week to week also, I will pick up who is the best player mostly. Uh, There are probably then a few exceptions maybe here and there that I might not. Like even Dak Prescott, I don't think I would draft him generally. And only if I was on the waiver wire for some reason and he was there and like doing the numbers he's doing now. Because you don't want to see him do well. No, and and it's just like and I and I have this uh, I have this feeling that he's just not as good as everything says. I mean, he is Gens puts up numbers then, which kind of proved me wrong at least fantasy wise. But there's just certain players over the years that I just I, I would never ever 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 pick up Eli Manning like never ever. But I remember when I first started playing fantasy football, I already had a strict rule of not drafting anybody from the NFC East, being an Eagles fan, and that hurt me. And I never really did well. And then I started to break it from that a little bit where I drafted Jason Witten in my dynasty. I was just like, well, I got to take him. He's the best tight end in football, and I had a chance to. I did it. And then from there, I learned that you got to just draft who you got to separate. Right. And do you think it helps your decision making, though, being with your loyalties? Because, like, I do. Like, I do feel like I got some insight, at least as far as the NFC East, and sometimes can get a feel for who is or who isn't good. Uh, like, examples would be that I still think Sterling Shepard's a solid, you know, wide receiver three. I, I saw that Terry uh, McLaren play the week one and I made a bid on him. I should have made more because I how much I liked him, but he's doing pretty well. Like, But I guess everybody has those things from whatever division they kind of watch their teams on. Yeah, for the most part, that really kind of hinders people's decisions. It really does sit in there because, I mean, that's probably why you didn't trade Deshaun Jackson for Wentz because of your, your homer ability there. Yeah, that, that, that was a tough one. I mean, I'm, you're, you're pitting them against each other, so that, that was difficult in and of itself. But, uh, but I guess no one said fantasy football was a clean business, and sometimes you got to get your hands dirty. Like maybe somebody's got to pick up Wayne Gallman Jr., I don't know. Maybe I maybe that was uh, biased on my opinion. Yeah, we'll see. and as as uh, waiver wire pickups go, that's a good one. I want to talk about another waiver wire pickup: Will Disley, the tight end for Seattle. Um, it's another uh, big money in our league. I think fifteen dollars up, maybe even twenty dollars. He was bid on by James, who also spent for Gallman. Um, but I'm looking at his stats, and he looks like he doesn't get more than sixty yards in a game. But he is just putting up touchdowns. So is that somebody you were aware of, though, being like a Rams fan and in that division? Uh, you know, I don't. I generally don't take Seahawks. I really don't. I don't trust Pete Carroll. Um, I agree with that. I don't. I guess that's more what it is than the division. Um, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't have picked him. I didn't put any money on him. But I'm looking at him. He's put up 19, 15, 15 points the last three weeks, and it's all because he's got. 
so many looks in the red zone. Yeah, and you know, I feel like it goes more to that nowadays is where you have a feel for a team overall outside. I think it's somewhat colored by what you feel for that team as far as real football goes, but then those ideas stick with that team, whether you kind of dislike them anymore or don't, or, or you know, whoever's on their team. I just don't trust some teams or some players or some coaches right? like you just said. I won't get a running back from New England. I just won't do it. Nope. They rotate from week to week. Thousand percent on that. So, all right. Well, I'm glad we're in uh, total agreement on that one. So then uh, let's move on from that section and uh, hit up some breaking news. Breaking news because we have some very breaking news that uh, pertains to you and some of your strategy that you had in your other league drafting and somebody in our league did as well. Uh, and that is uh, Melvin Gordon rumblings of a set to return very, very soon, possibly even this week. Yeah, I'm not happy about it, uh, but I am happy about it. That's what happens when you draft different teams. And why are you not happy about it? Because you didn't draft him in our league? Uh, I don't have him in our league. Yeah, I should have had him. Uh, earlier but I believe he went in like the first round I felt like um, Kyle got him like super early it was maybe the third I I don't remember offhand but I know it was pretty early Uh, earlier earlier than I would have taken him because oh yeah he was kind of on my do not he was on my do not draft list I couldn't have got him if I wanted him but Eckler has done me right for four weeks I mean for again for where I drafted him the value that he's given me has been at least 20 points every single week and so now I have to decide. I couldn't trade him because I didn't know when Melvin Gordon was coming back. And by the time I figured it out and everyone else figured it out, it was too late. Um, so I don't I don't really have anything to do with him. I can't drop him because obviously he's going to have some standalone value, not nearly as much because he is the pass-catching uh, running back. He's not the between-the-tackles guy. Yeah, and also, first off, the coach already said, you know, say he even does report this week, he's not playing this week. Like, that's just not happening. Then you even got a question of how game-ready is he, like, physically. Like, it's one thing to still be at home working out with a trainer and all that. It's totally different to be with the team and doing team exercises and team workouts and physically staying fit at game speed. And then also just like the playbook, which I know he probably knows a good amount of it, but he still has to get up to it. He has to get up to that fastness, that quickness. That's going to take another at least two to three weeks. And I'm, it's hard to say is where is there going to be? Is there going to be animosity where they might not use him as much? Or are they going to just run him into the ground? Which then maybe he gets hurt. You know, like there's a whole lot of still in play there that you just don't know that I don't think you drop back. I think you keep on holding him. And like you say, he's also a pass catching back. Right. And it's not the same situation with Zeke and Pollard where Zeke came in and just immediately looked like he didn't miss a day. I mean... It just seemed like he was ready to go. He was football ready. He's got the best offensive line in football, though. Right. And they've also played a lot of jobber teams. And you saw when they actually played a solid team what happened. He didn't get that many points that he typically does. Uh, I think he had that one uh, bonus touchdown at the end there to try to keep them in it. Um, So I agree. I think you keep Eckler. I mean, it's good for you in your other league, though, because it's working out to the strategy that you were hoping for. So you got whatever round you drafted him in. It's probably a mid to early round pick. So I, I think I got him in the fifth round. Uh, Melvin Gordon dropped pretty low. That's a see. That's that's great value now, though. So yeah, I can see how you're on kind of two, a double edged sword here uh, with this strategy. I'm just trying to look over where where did he go. Yeah, it's tough uh, because again, like the one league now, I get my running back back, and I had Philip Lindsay and um, 
Marlon Mack, and those are my only two running backs in that league. So it's I really needed him to come back, but it really hurts my value in, in our league. So now I kind of have to hope that one of my little RB3s step up to be the starters somehow uh, real soon. Yeah, Gordon, second round. You're right. Uh, second round he went in our league. And that was up, so, that was ridiculous. I mean, even third round would have been too early. I, I agreed. I was looking fourth round. I might have taken a flyer on him if he was around, available in the fourth round. So what are you going to do? You worked out for your one leg, maybe not in the other leg, but uh, we'll see how it goes. It, either way, it might not work out. So What, he might... what am I going to do is a question I would ask for any Antonio Brown owners. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do with Antonio Brown because first he says he's done, then his, then his agent says, no, not, not so quick, and he's got calls from a bunch of teams, but then he's out smack-talking Robert Kraft and then Baker Mayfield. So I, I don't know what's up with this guy. A.B., I'm going to hold on to him for another two or three weeks. I, I can't, I can't, I can't quit him. I just can't, I can't do it yet. I, I feel like he's going to be that Phoenix rising out. Some team's going to take a flyer on him that gets, gets panicky, just like James did with Wayne Gallman Jr. And they're going to pay him and they're going to bring him in and he's going to be a cancer, but for like three or four games, he's going to put up beautiful touchdowns. The Patriots, like they had Aaron Hernandez on their team for years and you don't think they didn't know about his background, but yet Antonio Brown, this new, uh, these new charges, these new allegations come out, and immediately they're like, "Nope, we're good. We're washing our hands of this." Like these people, they can they can deal with anything PR wise, and they're they're not even willing to touch it with a ten foot pole. You know, the only people that would be left would be the Ravens. Those are the only other people that I could think of that would be able to, you know, withstand the brunt of that and still be in football. Well, you know, there's always the bungles. I mean, like, they need something. They need some sort of juice down there with A.J. Green out and everything. They need something. So you never know. Andy Dalton, uh, Antonio Brown, not bad. And then he gets to play the Pittsburgh Steelers twice a season. Well, they just missed one game. I'll I'll tell you this. He's on the waiver wire in each of my other leagues. and I know. And I did pick him up in one league just because I have a space. Not because I think anything of it. And I'm about to drop him for another player. So... Well, luckily in the league that we're in that I have him, Deshaun Jackson was uh, out. So for whatever reason, which is a weird rule to me, in our league we're allowed to put out players on the IR. And for everyone week. is taking advantage of it now. I mean, oh, it's not even yeah. a secret anymore. I've been doing it for years. I saw Jake do it to me last year, and that's when all of a sudden I realized it. And I was like, what is this yeah. high holy BS? And, <laughs> and he got it from Sam and I who a long time ago were like, hey, hey, be quiet about this, right? I was I was floored by that. I've never heard of such a thing. So anyway, yes. Well, now I'm taking advantage of it because I can. And I've had an extra roster spot for two weeks. So that's where I'm still figuring it out. And If, if, if you got a spot, then keep him. But otherwise, he has no value. Well, we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm Again, I, I'm not quitting on him. I'm not quitting on him. It's the inverse of the Melvin Gordon thing. It's like that's you drafted fine. him in the two spot yeah. and then, you know. Here's the, so, here's the thing about my so, league. Melvin Gordon, I drafted him six in the sixth round. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's great. Let's move on to some strategy talk. Strategy talk. Um, so I wanted to know we're in week four now. Uh, you probably either have had some players that you drafted or maybe some of you picked up on the waiver wire early. Uh, are there any players that you were giving a chance, but your patience is now wearing thin? So here's the thing. I'm really worried about Adam Thielen. Um, it's not even giving him a chance. He was doing great, but now him 
coming out and saying he needs a quarterback that can throw the ball. He's got the best running back in football, and you can't do anything unless your quarterback can throw the ball to you and throw it deep and essentially saying his quarterback can't and Kirk Cousins is his quarterback, and I saw it. I saw him struggling to use his arm to throw the ball even 10 yards. Well, I mean, it's like I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. I mean, like, and everybody said I told you so. Really, did anybody think that Kirk Cousins was the answer in Minnesota for real? Like, for, and then especially at that money? Come on. I mean, it's hilarious to me. I mean, it's like Adam Thielen's a superstar talent, but – what are you going to do if you don't got a quarterback phone? Right. So obviously I'm going to keep him. I'd love to trade him, uh, but he's at his low right now with only like one point essentially from the, the week. So uh, I'm going to sit on him for a little bit, but Mike Williams from the chargers is really who I'm worried about. So, but either of these guys, are they going to be, are they like, they're not in any danger of being cut. These are what guys who were supposed to be like uh, steady guys as like your top, wide receiver slots but now you're thinking about dropping them down to like flex spots and, and streaming them kind of thing like where do you mean you're at where your patience is wearing thin with these two because they're they're big names they're big names but again if your quarterback can't throw the ball if you're getting in fights with him i mean it's worked out in the past where then that person has gotten more targets you know antonio brown and roethlisberger when he threw the cooler uh he had a great game after that but that's because of ben roethlisberger i don't know how kirk cousins is going to respond to all the negativity in the same way. So I obviously don't think I can start him. You know, I'm worried he's, he has dropped to my flex spot. Um, I put Robert Woods ahead of him because he's playing on Thursday night. And so it goes ahead and it removes that wide receiver slot. And so I don't have to worry about it. Let's say I draft or I pick up a tight end on the waiver wire and I want to put him in there. Then I can bring Adam Thielen on down, but not very likely. So, and what's going on with Mike Williams? I don't even know what's going on in San Diego, to be honest with you. I don't even know what anybody's doing over there. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, he's, a, like, I think he's in his second year, and him and Philip Rivers have a great chemistry, and he has a ton of air yards, and he puts up a ton of points last year, and he's come out and just been a complete dud on my team because Keenan Allen has taken up all of the receptions, essentially. Uh, but he's, he's still... I'm not going to drop him anytime soon because he's a wide receiver too on a team that likes to throw the ball. Uh, so it's just, I, I kind of need, I need something to happen for him for me to ever yeah. put him back in. I can't, I, don't, I have no idea when I could ever trust to put him back in. So why even keep him? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I wasn't expecting those two players to be the ones that your patients wearing thin with. I, I, I was thinking it was going to be like somebody you kind of took a flyer on and, we're waiting to see if maybe they'd kind of uh, grow into their role, but they don't seem like they're going anywhere. So I'm so even su- really surprised that it's like those two guys that all of a sudden are now like way on your radar. I could give you those two. I mean, Edo Smith is one of those that I picked up that really never did anything for me. And he got a touchdown last week, but he's still not really a part of that offense. He only got like four carries, you know, like it's another, it's another one of those things that he's got great potential, but it's sort of like Derrick Henry. I need, him to be the starter and know that he's the starter. So maybe next year, you know, he, he may be higher on my draft board for next year, but this year he has not done what I thought he was going to do. Oh, well that's kind of, and that's kind of crazy for me to hear because I remember we talked about this and you snaked him from me, like literally the pick before I was going to take him. And I was pretty high on him as far as one of those kind of backup running backs that could have high potential, but so far he's not panning out. So it makes me feel a little bit better. 
Um, I, I was also looking at like David Montgomery, I don't think it's like blowing up the scene like I thought he was and I was going to draft him and I got him taken from me. So I got almost, I almost, uh, you know, got lucky on a few of these ones, got a couple breaks. Now for me, like I got guys who are real flyers, like I'm talking Mac Hollins. Like I've been trying to give this guy a chance the past three weeks and who? just as Mac Hollins wide receiver for the Eagles, number five wide oh, receiver for right. the Eagles. So Oof. see, that's how deep I'm going wow. because I was trying to, I'm really trying to dig deep here. So he was one, he, he, if he didn't have a good week last week when they played Detroit and he was the number two wide receiver, then I, I'm not, I'm, he's going to be an expendable one for me this week as far as slots. Um, he just was dropping balls and then they didn't even get on the ball that much this past week. So I think he's done for me. And, um, the other one in my dynasty is Corey Davis, and I mentioned him earlier where this guy was like a number two overall pick for me, supposed to be like the guy down there with Marcus Mariota throwing the ball to him, and he just hasn't been able to put it together. He throw, shows some flashes from time to time, but this week he threw up 17 points for me in that league, so I'm pretty happy with that. I'm not going to play him yet, but I would, at least I'm starting, I saw something finally out of him, so it helps me feel a little bit better about it, but I need obviously a lot more consistency. I'm talking even just like 10, 12 point consistency because he's throwing up like less than like five points a week. It's awful. Yeah, I mean, again, that's your gut, your your Homer feeling on him and knowing more than I'd never heard this guy. Oh, Matt Collins. Yeah, I know that. And that's totally what it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with the, uh, the loyalty thing and trying to find things. And especially when you follow certain teams that you're going to try to take some flyers on some guys, which I did. Uh, but that was a streamer. That was like, you know, I was trying, I told, we talked about it last week. I was trying to stream him a little bit, see where that got me. It didn't get me anywhere. I benched him this week and he still got me nothing. So I'm moving on. So uh, any, um, that, that brings me around to, are there any bi-week players that you need to work around this week? Um, like, you know, cause now we're getting to week four, there's more buys there's, They started last week and now this is where it starts to get a little dicey. You have to start reaching on your bench a little bit and then. So is there anything that you, big yet for you this week? You know, I'm really fortunate this week. I don't have anybody. Last week I had um, Le'Veon Bell and uh, Jamison Crowder and <clears throat> some of the, I think the 49ers were on a buy as well. So last week I actually had to deal with it more than I have to do this week. This week I don't have anybody. Most of mine are in week 9, 10, and 11. Yeah, uh, I don't know exactly when I get – everybody gets, gets that one bad week of uh... – uh, bi-week players and I don't know which one mine is yet for any of my leagues but it's usually like you said six seven eight is usually a lot a lot of the time so I'm good this week I actually have nobody on a buy this week for any of my leagues last week I had Garoppolo this past week but he was on my bench anyway but and which actually gets me around to something else but go ahead you had to say something no that was it <laughs> okay okay so anyway so in with Garoppolo that gets me around to a sit-start debate for me this week. Uh, in my L- or L- our LA Locals week, I am now up to a debate of do I start Garoppolo over Mayfield? Because uh, they're both playing this week. Garoppolo was on the bye last week, so I didn't have that problem. Um, Baker Mayfield is yet to get me anything substantial for a quarterback that I was expecting him to be. I mean, you almost could t- pull him into that patience-wearing-thin part. I mean, I'm not going to cut him yet. But I do have Garoppolo now, who I guess is in the same range as Mayfield, but at least, I don't know, there's almost at this point seems a little bit higher upside for Garoppolo. Yeah, I would go with Garoppolo personally um, between the two of those. And I would also drop Baker Mayfield for uh, some of the people on our waiver wire. Uh, I did in another league for 
Philip Rivers, and I was happy about that because they were playing Miami last week, and Baker Mayfield hadn't gotten me more than 16 points as a ceiling. Yeah, and that's that's basically where it's at. Now, you know what the problem is? Is because I have Beckham as well, so I'm always in this like eternal struggle where it's like, in order for Beckham to have a big game, Mayfield has to have a big game, and that means if Beckham has a big game, Mayfield generally has a big game, and like, I then I'll feel like I'm cutting myself in spite of my face if I were to not play. So Mayfield. even without them both having big games, they've only done it once this season out of the four weeks. You're still winning. So the, the problem is here, if they do go off, you now have a bigger boom ability because you can win without them going off. Right now you have Baker Mayfield being your average, like I tell you about. You know, these are the players that get me the same number of points week in and week out, and I know it, and that's fine as long as all of my players do that. Yeah, and, and I see your point, right? and the upshot of putting Garoppolo is that then I'm kind of splitting the difference where I won't get killed either, though, if Mayfield and Beckham don't have another good game. At least that I have a chance of Garoppolo having a really good game and upping my spot at the QB Correct. position. So I, I think I might take the chance this week. Um on that. So I, I think that's, I, I was leaning towards that. So I think you pushed me over the fence on that one. Uh, do you have any other sit start debates for you coming up? Um, Philip Dorsett. Uh, he's one of my waiver wire pickups that I've picked up across the board. I've got him in every single league. Now um, I said, I don't draft. I don't pick up Patriot running backs. Uh, I generally stay away from Patriot players, but you've got to throw a touchdown to somebody, you know, like if Edelman's not going to get the ball, who else do they throw to? Yeah, well, Edelman hasn't even been playing fantastic. I have him in my uh, work league, and it's he's just putting up pedestrian numbers at best. I mean, New England was terrible this week, but fantasy-wise. Oh, yeah, Tom Brady put up like five points, um, and Washington gives up at least two touchdowns every single game. So uh, I'm in the air uh, as well. So I'm hoping that just, you know, it's between him and uh, Marlon Mack, who only got me three points last week. Yeah, but I almost feel like there's still a higher upside with Marlon Mack. Like, if he gets the rock, the guy can do some damage, but it's just... And they're playing Kansas City, whose defense usually lets people do what they want. Yeah, I mean, if there's a team to get in a shootout with, it, they would do it. And even in a shootout, I think Marlon Mack's going to get his touches because he probably gets a decent amount out of the backfield as well. Yeah, so that would bring me to my bold prediction if we're ready for it. Sure. Lay it on, uh, my bold prediction is Indianapolis Colts beat Kansas City to make it give them their first loss of the season. Wow, that is a very bold prediction. I got it right last week with Cleveland beating uh, Baltimore. Yeah, I don't think I hit mine. I said, I think I said, I, I think I said Baker Mayfield would score two touchdowns. Yeah. I don't think I said Cleveland would score two touchdowns, no. and he still did not do it. He for didn't. Me. Um, bold predictions for this week. Um, I think Miami scores a touchdown. I was going to – that was my original one. I was the first one that I wrote down. I was like, you know what, this is the week they get it. And then I thought, yeah, that's too bold. That is that is too bold for me. We might as well. I, I Go big or go home here <laughs> on Fantasy Football. I like it. I like it. I think there's a good chance that happens. That's great. That's great. Um, and then just any last thoughts, any other waiver wire strategy things you have to do, or is it all kind of covered with what we talked about? I honestly don't have anybody I'm kind of – I need, I guess. Like I'm at a point where my team is who they are. Uh, I really don't have – you know, there's nobody that really jumped off the page this week in football that you don't already have. Um, you know, yeah, there's always somebody you can grab as a flyer just in case. And 
And and you know me, I love I love from week to week just playing the game of waiver wire Wednesday. Yeah, and I've been doing a lot more this season, specifically in our league. And uh, I agree with you. This week, I don't have any big names. I don't have real. I I pick up Ronald Jones last week. That was my big backup running back to try to get get a flyer on. And I don't have anybody yet right now this week. And I might even have to cut Mac Collins just to keep AB on the team. He's going to stay strong with him for another week or two. That's funny. I think you know you can't go wrong with that. I guess because no one's ever heard of this person. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll see. Um, all right. Well, that was uh, another week in the books, and we'll see how what happens on the waiver wire strategy and see who ends up being the big spendy in our league that we're in together. And uh, if any. Yeah, I did not do my job. I did not go on there and sort of advocate people to spend a lot of money like I normally do. Oh, well, you got James to spend $40 on Wayne Gallman Jr., so I think you did your job. All right, but not this week. This week I took, a, I took it easy. Uh, yeah, that's fine. But there, there's nobody, uh, I don't think, that could uh, really command any money. So I think you, you can take a week off. So, all right. So uh, how can people reach you if they want to hear your fantasy thoughts throughout the week, if you're streaming during a game or anything like that? You can contact me at Twitter, at Think Curly, or Instagram if you want to look at my pictures. Oh, man, we're uh, up in the budget here on, on the show. I love it. Love Gets it. bigger every week. Love it. All right, you can reach me at Draves on Twitter. Maybe I'll throw out a tweet here and there for a game, maybe like one, maybe two, so we'll see. I'm going to try to keep uh, upping it up. Uh, so if uh, that is it, I will talk to you next week, Alex. Yep, have a good one.